Hello, my name is Nick Spasic, and you're listening to From and Inspired by a podcast about soundtracks and the people who make them. On this episode, we talk with composer Richard Band about the recent reissues of his scores on the We Release Whatever the Fuck We Want label. Established by producer and director Charles Band in 1986, Empire Pictures quickly became notorious for the horror comedy classics made during its brief but legendary lifespan. With wild special effects, outrageous humor, and over-the-top horror action, Ghoulies, Troll, and Terror Vision were three of Empire Pictures' finest works, and each movie featured an unforgettable score by Charles's award-winning composer brother, Richard Band. Now, these scores have been carefully remastered and are presented for the very first time on half-speed mastered, limited edition, 180-gram colored vinyl in stunning packaging with liner notes from the composer. Ghoulies features the full, uncut original soundtrack available for the first time ever and includes a bonus 7-inch featuring Fella Johnson's Dancing with a Monster and Surrender as heard in the movie. Troll features the complete soundtrack and TerraVision features the special director's cut soundtrack. Each release is housed in a gatefold sleeve with full movie gallery, OB belt, and random video store stickers, plus full liner notes by band. We spoke with Richard Band via Zoom about his career and these amazing reissues. I'm doing well. How are you today? I'm good. Where are you? I am in Lawrence, Kansas. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. It is very windy today. How are you, how are you doing today, sir? Well, I'm uh, I'm copacetic. I'm doing okay. <laughs> I'm super curious given the fact that so many of your releases have gotten deluxe vinyl reissues over the years uh recently from the likes of waxwork and war god and now uh we release whatever the fuck we want what's it been like going back to revisit these scores and see them get this level of treatment well i mean obviously it's it's complimentary obviously um it's also very nice that in most of these cases it's not just putting them out again uh 
but in quite a few cases doing uh, some pretty uh, impressive remastering of them and uh, you know using today's technology to um, to remaster them in a way that that just simply you know didn't exist back in the day so that you know people can listen to things uh, you know to to the music uh, in a fashion that uh, was just not even available back in the day and um, of course you know a good deal of these films when they were released uh, as as uh, as film you know you the the mixes back then were you know were pretty bad some were even mono some were ultra stereo just a few dolby stereo and uh so the mixing itself you know was was uh, you know wasn't optimum for listening purposes so you know they're 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 being given uh even though some of them have been released on cd before uh the benefit of having them remastered for vinyl, uh, and in the case of these new releases, having them uh, not only remastered, but uh, you know, having them pressed in a certain way at half speed, it, it was just it brings the audio quality out in a way that just has never been available. So uh, that that obviously pleases me a lot, and and needless to say, to have them. Uh, you know, come out again keeps keeps the uh, uh, keeps the music alive and the and the genre itself uh, or genres themselves uh, alive, and that's 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 great. Now, the interesting thing is a lot of the stuff that's been uh, reissued, um, Reanimator, the Puppet Master films, uh, and even uh, two of the releases as part of this uh, Terror Vision and troll have have been put out before they're they're reissues even though they are remastered but like ghoulies has never seen the the full soundtrack released before um how how did that one in particular be come to be well that yeah that uh, you're right that was that was a real uh a real effort and took me a good deal of time uh, over the years, I had been re- it had been requested so many times that people wanted to have the soundtrack to Ghoulies, and it was simply not available because the um, all the all the original tracks that were used all the uh, uh, the the, ba- the the masters, in other words, that were used for the film, they just vanished over the years. So I had to go back and recreate in in this in these cases a good deal of those tracks from the original sources. So it took me, oh my God, uh, at least three weeks to a month to reassemble and find all of those tracks uh, from different sources, and then put them together um, anew. So it was a, it was a that by far was the biggest job as compared to uh to uh, troll or you know or any of these others because uh, uh luckily i've i've kept the masters on 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 all of these films uh but ghoulies was one that 
it, they just got lost. So it, that was that was a uh, very laborious. And yes, this is the first time that the whole soundtrack is being put out. One of the things I've always been curious about regarding Terror Vision is that your score works so well with the music by the new wave band, the Fibonacci's. And I've always been curious as to whether or not like you were aware of that music when you were composing, or if it just happened to be like sort of kismet that they go together so well. I would say more kismet. The, the, I was aware of, of, of one of that main uh, title song, um, but that well, that was it. I had heard it. Um, to be honest, I don't remember if I heard it before I started scoring or, or during the scoring, but there was one song I remember, that, that main song that I remember hearing at some point. So I think it was more more kismet than anything else, and on um, that was a uh, it, it was a very it was also a very unique approach that that I took uh, back then because at that time I was not uh, electronically literate, so I I had uh, done almost n- nothing uh, electronically, uh, and I didn't have any equipment. Uh, you know, electronic equipment and all that. So I relied very heavily on my friend uh, Christopher Stone, who was the opposite of me. He was very electronically um, illiterate and had various synthesizers, um, and a few of which weren't even on market yet, like the uh, Yamaha CS80 was one of them. Hmm. Uh, it, it would come out like about a year or so after after uh, we actually used it because he was a beta tester for various companies so we had the access to uh, certain uh, electronic instruments that nobody had access to which added to the sort of uniqueness let's 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 say but in that film i had to cre- on on television i had to um, because it was so different from you know the orchestral type of stuff that i was more familiar with I had to create these musical uh, templates um, that that we would use during the score. So I would write in a on paper in a sort of a traditional way, but I would plug in all of these sort of templates that we had recorded uh, previ- previously. So it was a very unique way of, of working, um, and. Uh, you know the the end result was 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 great. You know it it all, <laughs> it all worked, uh, and um, I couldn't tell you exactly how it worked, but it, <laughs> you know it worked somehow. <laughs> it was definitely a, a, an interesting creation. In terms of uh, collaboration, um, you've done a lot of work over the years for films um from your brother charles um like what was that real what's that relationship been like like working not only you know with family but in in, in working with them in like a very creative way well you know it's like any situation when you're dealing with family there's ups and downs (laughs) pluses and minuses 
to put it mildly. Um, I always go back to the my original intent when it comes to music scoring period, which was one, I got into music scoring not only because I had a love of music and film, but uh, I liked the creative process. So I always felt uh, a couple of things. One, as long as I was able to be creative, uh, that was of primary importance, but also, and as as importantly, in, in, in my opinion, when it came to these films, uh, I was very, very intent on lifting the overall production value of anything that I worked on to what I would consider to be uh, as near as an A-level film as far as the music was concerned. Therefore, I fought from the very beginning very hard to lift all of these films onto a different level from a musical standpoint. And I fought very hard to have orchestras, real orchestras, on a good deal of them. And um, I really felt that if music uh, was done properly and not just, you know, discounted like many films in those earlier days, especially with, you know, crappy synthesizer scores, <laughs> that, uh, that, it, that the whole film would be lifted and that, and that I would be given that opportunity uh, to be creative about it. So that was always an imperative for me to take what I knew were actually B films. Let's not kid ourselves. You know, they were not <laughs> big studio A films. They were B films. But I believe strongly that given the opportunity, uh, they could be made much, much, much better by having a real a type of soundtrack and so that was always my my imperative and i think once once i had sort of proven myself several times through my family uh through those projects through the family as uh, as well as uh other projects that were not through the family i think people started realizing that hey you know to have a real real good soundtrack really does lift this whole thing up to a different level and if there was one thing especially back in the empire days that stood out that everybody recognized uh was that the production values of those films were way way higher than your average b film and that's that's uh why uh many of them had the success that they did well, I think that that's the reason that that uh, a lot of these soundtracks live on thirty odd years later. Well, in in addition, like your your scores are always mentioned in conjunction with things like Reanimator or From Beyond or like the Puppet Master films and things like that. But what I find is so fascinating is that like so many of these movies that were sort of uh, relegated to, uh, as you said, like B status when they first came out have all them. The films themselves have gotten like these crazy Blu-ray reissues um, 
like reanimators gotten several um and even like um house on sorority row has gotten uh like a a one of your one of your earlier works has gotten like a a deluxe blu-ray reissue um do you have um like fondness for for these films i guess guess the question i'm really asking is um did you come to like horror and genre pictures as something that you liked or was it something that you fell into um just by happenstance okay um well i would i would say that I fell in love with music scoring, um, not because of anything genre at all. Um, I would say my favorite scores uh, are probably not genre scores, although there's no question that there are several genre scores that are just, you know, stupendous scores, um, like The Omen by Jerry Goldsmith. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just, you know, that's a... A, a mainstay staple uh, as far as great scoring, uh, um, you know, as well as, uh, um, you know, like what he did with Planet of the Apes and, mm. you know, mir- a myriad of, of other things. Uh, but to me, good scoring, uh, it, it was all independent of, or not independent, but apart from the, the genre itself. Uh, you know, when you go, and you listen uh, or watch a film like Dr. Zhivago, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that, you know, or Lawrence of Arabia, you know, <laughs> uh, these scores by Maurice Jarre and, you know, and uh, the David Lean films and all this. I mean, to me, that those were the, the scores that just, you know, left me speechless because of the impact that they had. But it, so that's, those were the inspiration originally to, to start loving uh, film scoring. That doesn't mean that I didn't have a great appreciation to the genre stuff as well. Um, you know, like I said, you know, Jerry Goldsmith, probably the, the best, uh, you know, ever in the business as far as, uh, as far as genre stuff, uh, uh, as well as many other things. So it, it was, um, I think it just it just so happened that a good deal of what I did over the years were in uh, you know the uh, genre fields of uh, be it horror or fantasy. Um, you know, even though even though I've done you know uh, a lot of family films that are not genre films, and I've done comedies, and I've done tons of uh, animation and cartoons and lots of different things like that you know there's no question that i'm mostly known you know for the genre stuff because that's what got the most uh you know publicity or releases or fame you know or cult status or what have you um but it's it's the overall love of scoring uh, of film music itself, uh, not related to any particular genre. That that that's what inspires me. Well, that kind of answer the question. Oh yeah, no that that absolutely answers the question. Like that's a very uh, 
That's that's absolutely perfect. Really, like I, I I'm I appreciate the fact that like you you went to Jerry Goldsmith because I feel like you know he he's sort of the the unsung hero. Like I know uh, those those of us who um, like cover and write about film scores are are quite fond of him and they consider him to be like the upper echelon but it just seems that um like to the general public most folks aren't quite as familiar with him as you know your your john williams or your alan alan silvestri's or even you know your hans zimmers right right well and well yeah obviously that's uh i mean i would say I mean, and this is not to take anything away from John Williams. You know, he's done some absolutely stupendous work. Um, but I, uh, there are two, in my opinion, just two different animals. Uh, the, the versatility of a Jerry Goldsmith uh, is uh, is practically unmatched, in my opinion. Uh, you know how you can jump from, uh, you know what he did as far as the genre stuff we're talking about to films like Boys from Brazil or I mean so so many it's so so the versatility and the creativity that's that's what stands out to me um yeah as far as more modern uh you know composers uh you know like you mentioned the Hans Zimmer uh what have you uh it's uh, there's no question, in my opinion, that Hans Zimmer is probably the most successful film composer ever from a business standpoint. <laughs> um, but just from a creative standpoint, uh, you know, nobody can come close to a Jerry Goldsmith or a John Williams. Uh, it's a, just it's it, the, the way it's it's really. The, the way the business has changed. I mean, we all know that Penn Zimmer, uh, he, I mean, he's an incredible producer and and he's done some good writing, but we all know that, you know, he has like, you know, 20 composers working <laughs> to, with him full time. So he's got a, you know, he, he has a manufacturing plan of, of music. That's <laughs> how he can do so many films a year. Uh, that's never been my aim. My aim is uh, the old fashioned way. You know, is I sit in my room by myself and do my work, and that's it. I'm not interested in, in you know, shops of uh, people to be able to put out you know ten films a year. That's not my thing. Uh, so it's one has to differentiate, I guess. You know, as to you know what it what it uh, you know what it is in the business. Um, not to take it away from somebody like Hans Zimmer, because he is. Uh, there is nobody more successful, you know, at film scoring than he is today. Uh, but again, how do you want to define success? <laughs> I guess that's what it comes down to. One, one thing I have to ask before we wrap up here is <clears throat> the the score for uh, Puppet Master Littlest Reich that came out um, a couple of years ago was composed by Fabio Fritzi and he did um, like an interpretation of your puppet master theme, uh, which I, I thought was fantastic. And I'm, I'm just kind of curious as to um, if you've had a chance to hear that. And if so, like what did you think of hearing uh, like another composer do an interpretation of something you had written? 
Well, I thought he did a very good job, actually. Um, I, I wasn't a big fan of the film itself, because uh, it sort of went against the grain of what Puppet Master was actually about. But that's neither here nor there. His scoring was, was, very, was very good. And um, yeah, he basically, basically he, he inverted the theme of Puppet Master and uh, there's a way to do that. Uh, I won't explain it to you technically, <laughs> but it's, it's a pretty simple device. Uh, but he kept the spirit of it and, uh, and he did a very beautiful interpretation. So I, I felt, uh, you know, I, I felt very uh, good and complimented about what he did. He's a, he's a talented, talented guy, and uh, I, yeah, I still don't have a copy of that that LP or a CD, <laughs> but uh, I have heard I have heard it uh, what what he did, and uh, you know he, he did a he did a good job. You know, now I hear he's 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 uh, doing a, a reinterpretation of another score that I did, uh, Castle Freak, Castle Freak, right? So. Uh, We'll see what we'll see what he comes up with that what comes up with for for that film. Be it'll be interesting. Well, I, I look forward to it, and um, thank you so much, sir, for taking time to talk to me today. This has been a, a real delight. I've been wanting to speak with you for a good long while, and so um, thank you for letting me pick your brain. And um, I'm looking forward to uh, getting copies of all these new reissues. Well, my my pleasure, and uh, keep me just keep me posted as to uh, you know what you post and put out there, so I can follow it as well. Absolutely, will do. Again, thank you so much, and I hope you have a good rest of your day. You too. Be safe. You too. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks to Richard Band for talking with me. The reissues for the soundtracks to Ghoulies, Terror Vision, and Troll are available at We Release Whatever the Fuck We Want's online store, which is at wrwtfww.com, and will be in retail shops this Friday, November 20th. You can find more information about Richard Band at his website, richardbandmusic.com, on Facebook and Instagram at richard.band, or on Twitter at richardband underscore. You can find links to purchase all of the music you heard on the show in the show notes for this episode, which are at fromaninspiredby.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at fromaninspiredpod, and can be found on Instagram at fromaninspiredby. You can subscribe to us via Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Click those follow and subscribe buttons, please. Also, please hit up the website and click on the Aid and Assistance button to help pay for web hosting and long-distance fees, and remember to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. We'll be back next week. Until then... Thanks for listening.
honeybee. You know what about the U2s? Uh, the band? No, the spy planes. Oh, yeah. I think I saw them on MTV. MTV? Fully. 